Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's gonna throw! Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They Rubbish! There's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. Yeah, it's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Everybody, happy Tuesday to you. September 12, 2023. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. Hope you're having a great start to your Tuesday. Hope your week's off to a good start. Hope Monday went smoothly. We've got a lot to get to on this morning's Kentucky Roll Call. Happy to be doing two hours of radio on the Big X Airwaves. Nick Roush, how are we doing? What's up? Um, I'm doing great. I'm uh, excited to talk sports after staying up late to watch sports. Um, I'm, I want to ask Scoots a question I know the answer to, um, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Hey, Scoots, you stay up to watch the game last night. You know, Roush, I had every intention to watch that whole game, but when the big injury happened, and you all know what I'm talking about, it for me, it, it took the air out of the balloon. I was... I was pretty disappointed at that point. I was I was done with the game. I did I think watch until halftime, um, but yeah, it, with Rogers out, I just I wasn't gonna do that. And I wish so I would have though. It looked you, like a you, great ending. You you did the thing that every I don't know dumbass in America did. Yeah. The New York Jets are not just a one man football team, even though Hard Knocks will let you tell you that. That game, one of the crazier football games you've ever you you could have ever watched in your lifetime. And you missed it. You yeah. missed out on a chance to it. You know, I was watching because of Hard Knocks, so I, I'm pretty invested in the Jets, and I like a lot of those guys. So I was watching for more than just Aaron Rodgers, but, I mean, you got to admit, Roush, that did just deflate everything. You know, I mean, we there's been all this anticipation and buildup for Rodgers in a Jets uniform, and then for it to be over in four plays just sucked. That sucked. Yeah, and um, you, you – the Hard Knocks guy, he got to be the hero, and you missed out on a chance to because you gave up on football too early. I did. You can't, you can't give up on football. Uh, you just you never know what's going to happen, and what happened last night was a bunch of turnovers and uh, chaos. Chaos in the form of uh, a made doink and then a punt return overtime touchdown. TJ, I've never – first punt return overtime touchdown since 2011. Um, I – 
I don't know how many doinks I've been able to count in my lifetime that actually went in, but that one went in. It was um, pure nerd or chaos. I was very happy for Jets fans who were dead. They went full Undertaker gif, Undertaker meme, and then they might be back to dead, but at least they got that one win. Um, I don't know how many more they're going to be able to get with Zach Wilson, the quarterback, but they, they got that one win. Was it Xavier Gibson that returned the punt? Yes. He, That's didn't awesome. Watch the highlights this morning? No, either. I didn't even watch the highlights. Nope. That's <sighs> good. But that's cool. The Happy ro- for that the, kid. The, the, the rookie. Yep. Yeah. From Stephen F. Austin. Uh, I also fell asleep but did wake up for the all the excitement there in the fourth quarter and overtime even, although you didn't have to wait too terribly ro- long in overtime to see that touchdown return. Yeah, it ended up being a good game. But I, I'm, I'm there with Scoots that, like, when you're thinking it's Aaron Rodgers versus Josh Allen, Monday Night Football, his new debut with the New York Jets. It's a little different than like Monday Night Football. Josh Allen taking on oh that quirky Zach Wilson. Stay tuned for a fun one. Can the Jets upset the Bills? It doesn't. It, it wasn't the same. It wasn't the same. And the Jets are more than Aaron Rodgers. There's a reason he went to the Jets is because he likes a lot of their young pieces. I think he probably is getting a realization that. A little too young on the offensive line. Not not enough not enough experience there because his three or four plays under center as a Jets quarterback, uh, he was running for his life pretty much every single one that he was dropping back to passing, including the one where he, even the wife watching it live, was like, oh, he should have just taken a sack there. What was, what, where was he trying to go? He wasn't going to get around that guy. He tried to do the old quarterback, like, you know, step around the sack, Last second, do the old bull with the the what's the bull guy's name? Guy yeah, goes, you know, you get the red thing and the bull runs through it. You're like the the mat not matador not the matador the ma- matador matador. Yeah. matador. Yeah, he's you know you do the the but, old. I matador thought you were saying thing. bowl, like you get your bowl to. I was no, like bowl. cereal bowl, like salad bowl, like the Chicago salad bowls. Gotcha. Your favorite gotcha. NBA team. Yeah. But no, he was kind of he was trying to trying to avoid the sack, although there was just no chance he was avoiding it there. He makes a move, and on the move, something happens. And every Twitter doctor on the social media webs is trying to figure out exactly what it was. Uh, it looked like there's like three different things that go wrong. His ankle doesn't look great. Uh, his, you know, the knee is not really supposed to bend that way when the legs kind of go in the other way. It was a nasty play. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. But the the primary thing people are focused on, the Twitter doctors, if you will, it looks like something happens with the Achilles as he's getting hurt. So while all this other stuff's going on with his leg, that's the thing that the most of the experts noticed was this kind of rupture, if you will. You can oh, see yeah. you can see the the Achilles just look like rubber for a second, it just like a rubber band kind of snapping, and then yeah, how it, how it follows through. And that's, and that's what the all the experts said, ooh, that's what we think that it is. The Jets basically confirm without yeah. confirming after the game that that's what they think that it is as well. And we'll get probably final an official confirmation today if it hasn't already happened overnight, which maybe it did and I just didn't see it. But they, long story, long story yeah. short, you're not going to see Aaron Rodgers again this season. Maybe, maybe ever. Prop, yeah, I would even go with – yeah, it would be remarkable if they um... – if he, if he actually did play and was at a high level. Because, I mean, he's, what, 40 years old, Achilles injury. Um, it sucks. It stinks. There's no way around it. 
that was going to be fun to watch. Um, and at least Zach Wilson throwing a fade up to Garrett Wilson. And there was at least a little bit of a distraction there for, uh, for Jets fans. Josh Allen helped them by just uh, losing his mind. It's like somebody – like he needs to, he needs the. You need to take the video game cartridge out, blow it on again, and put it back in because he's just. I don't know what he was doing. The fumble one was the one that made no sense at all. It's like the, it was a bad snap, just following the ball, and instead he picked it up, ran it to somebody else, then fumbled it again, which prompted Mark Sanchez Sanchez to tweet out, "Wow, he fumbled it uh, after running the back of somebody. Never seen that before." Which. I mean, we got we had a butt fumble, and it wasn't even. I mean, nobody's going to be talking about a butt fumble, and we had a butt fumble in the Meadowlands. Unreal game. It kind of got lost in the shuffle there. Unreal game. TJ I mean, Garrett Wilson touchdown catch was as good as the touchdown catch you'll you'll see this year. That was unbelievable to tap the ball a bad pass away from a defender so you can tip it to yourself for a touchdown. That that is Randy Moss levels good. I mean, that is nuts. I know Garrett Wilson ended up having like a good, not amazing game, but he, he is like the next big thing at that position in the NFL. And he's not already there today, which when you make catches like that, it seems to indicate that you are there today. Stinks for him. He's not going to have Aaron Rodgers thrown to him. Scoots, what's up? You are our resident Aaron Rodgers expert. What is the worst injury he has dealt with? Because I don't remember, I don't recall a time in his career where he's been injured at all. And I'm sure he's missed a game or two here or there, but nothing like this serious. And it's unfortunate, you know? Yeah, no, he's missed a lot of time. Oh, has he? Oh, yeah. When you, I mean, but you think about it when you're playing in the NFL for 18, 19 years, even even Peyton Manning would have injuries. Everybody, you just kind of forget about him as time goes on. But uh, he's had a, I know that he's, he's had a bunch. Uh, concussions were kind of the biggest worry there for a little bit because uh, they happened kind of in a span of like he had multiple in a span of three or four years. So that was concerning, but he's got uh, a long history of injuries. I just don't really know always the specifics of them, but he's hurt his knee before. He's missed a lot of time. I don't know exactly what he did. He's torn his calf before, um, which that sounds just horribly painful. I know he did that at one point, Uh, and he's got another leg injury, although I don't remember exactly what it was. But, yeah, he's he's missed like half of seasons. Six games, seven games, eight games, nine games, ten games in seasons. Um, he's had fractured hand before. He's had an injured foot before. So he's he's a banged up fella for sure. And Roush is right. Now that he's thirty nine years old, going to turn forty this season, can can you come back from a major major Achilles injury? Uh, I don't know. And I. How do we feel about the fact he never completed a pass as a New York Jet? What if this is it for him in New York? What if this is it for him as a quarterback? Does his legacy just remain intact as fully a Green Bay Packer since he never completed a pass for the New York Jets? Many people are wondering. Packer for life. Packer, Packer for life. For life. Yeah. I, I did see some like people, and I tweeted this out there, and nobody tweeted me this, but I'm I'm just small potatoes on the social media website. But Kevin from The Office, Brian Bumgarner, he was like going after people who were tweeting out the fact that, hey, in this trade deal that Green Bay made with Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets, 
He has to play, it was initially reported 65% of his snaps, but it ended up coming out that it's 70%. I don't know when that changed or whatnot, but anyway, 65 or 70% of his snaps. And then the New York Jets' second-round pick in 2024 that they're sending over to Green Bay becomes a first-rounder. So Green Bay fans wanted Aaron Rodgers to play this season. And also, if you're just a football fan, you want Aaron Rodgers to play because the game's more fun to watch when he's playing and when he's healthy. But when he got hurt, there were a collection of Green Bay fans and media members, and myself included, that were like, oh, hey, you know, if this ends up being serious, this could impact the Packers because you, Green Bay needs him to play 65 or 75% of his games. Ryan Bumgarner, Kevin from The Office, he was going after people online. It's your people that are tweeting this stuff out. This is below you. You got to you gotta be better than that. We need to be worried about his health. He's not going to die. No offense. He's not yeah, going to die. This, this is the internet, Brian Bumgarner. This like, is the internet. You... And secondly, like, you know, it, if it's something serious, that's going to impact Green Bay. If it's not something serious, then good. Everybody's going to be happy. But this needs to be brought up in the regards of an Aaron Rodgers injury. It's not like he was fighting for his life, and in the meantime, you had Packer fans be like, oh, no, it may just end up being a second-round pick if he dies. No, it's an injury. He'll be okay. Maybe his football career won't be okay, but he's 39 years old, and he's played 18 years in the NFL, and he's had a hell of a career. But it, it, chill out, Brian Bumgarner, Kevin from The Office. I, um, I feel bad for Jets fans because so much of their life is exactly what happened an offseason of hope, you finally get a Hall of Fame quarterback, everything. Like, this is your one or two seasons to potentially just make a run of the Super Bowl, right? Your chance to chase greatness. Uh, and then it's Lucy pulling the full out from Charlie Brown, three plays in. Absolute devastation. The people who I don't feel bad for are the people who just, like, were like, I I'm, you know what, I'm going to be – I'm going to be the number one Aaron Rodgers Jets fans. Um, or, in John Bowles' case, just abandon a life of Packerdom. And he, he chose wrong, he chose the wrong side in the, the divorce. Instead of taking the Packers in this split up, he took Rodgers and the Jets. And, ugh, yikes. yikes. We got to live with our decisions. Yep. I, it, it is almost surreal. Like, it is crazy to think about. All summer, really all NFL offseason, this dude's the biggest storyline, understandably so. Hall of Famer leaving team that he's called home for nearly two decades to go to the, the big city, the Big Apple, New York, to finish his career, a perennial loser, at least in our lifetimes and beyond. And not only does he go there, it just so happens that this is the year that the Jets are getting hard knocks. So if you were sick of all the Aaron Rodgers offseason hysteria, it was forced down your throat even more with hard knocks, which he was obviously featured heavily in. And the season starts with a huge matchup. He runs out with the American flag. Everybody's talking about how badass that moment is on 9-11 to do that. I agreed. And the guy doesn't even complete a pass before his season is done. Yep. It's just, it, I know that's exactly what happened. I know everybody listening already knows that's what happened. It's just a surreal 
situation for it to play out in that manner. Uh, it's uh, you know, it kind of sucks for everybody. It sucks obviously for Aaron Rodgers the most, but sucks for the Jets. You're right. I can't even imagine being a Jets fan, like mm-hmm. just how pumped you would have been. And before the guy even makes one completion, he gets hurried like two or three times, but he doesn't complete a pass, and he's and it's over. It's just all over, just like that. And you go back to Zach Wilson. And your expectations for the Jets are just even in the win. It's like, ah, yeah, still, that's going to be the most costly win a team's probably ever had in their entire career playing football as a franchise. That was wild stuff last night in the Monday Night Football game, and it ended up being a great game too. On top of all that, like I think a lot of people, like Scoots and myself included, well, he's hurt. Uh, this game's really, and the and the atmosphere stunk. Like you could hear, you know, I'll switch them back and forth between the Manning broadcasts and the regular broadcasts, and just the atmosphere in the stadium sounded like a funeral. Oh, they were they were dead. They were so dead. That was, I admittedly, I said after the injury, and they and he put him on the cart. I looked at Gil and I was like, well, this sucks for the game, but this is the best thing that could have happened for my sleep schedule. So I I knew I wouldn't stay up and watch after Rodgers went out. That just sucks. God, that sucks. It stinks for sure. Uh, yeah. we got to get an update before we get into, you know, we're going to talk U.K. football. We've got some updates from Mark Soups, important updates from U.K. side of things, and we'll turn our attention to the Akron game on Saturday as the week goes on. We have a ton of texts from the Thornton's text line to get to, 502-414-1450. Make sure you're starting your day at Thornton's with all their specials and deals and all the goodies for Refresh and Rewards members. You can do that right on your phone. Download the app. Really, really easy to sign up. Doesn't take more than about 90 seconds after you get that app. And you will, too, benefit from cheaper gasoline, buy one, get one, special deals, money off, all the good stuff inside the store. So check out Thornton's today. But before we get into the the heavy of our radio show, our morning pleasantry segment that we start most of our shows with, got into sports a little quicker than we normally do. Did either one of you all listen to the Trevor Kelsey ACT recap on the Mike Rutherford show yesterday? Holy smokes. How good was that? How good was that? I um, I, I tuned in as he was wrapping up, and so I, I, I did not get the, the full experience that was the first hour of the Rutherford show on Monday. Oh, Roush, you've got to go back and listen. It was I, I was... So I was inspecting rooms at work yesterday, and I never use headphones when I'm at work, but I couldn't really hear it all that well with my phone in my pocket. So I went and grabbed a pair of headphones and listened to a whole first hour of Rutherford. My gosh, I was cracking up. There were probably four or five moments where I just busted out laughing out loud. What a great experience for Trevor. Roush, it really was the – people know that we reference The Office pretty much on a daily here on Kentucky Roll Call 7 and on Monday through Friday. It really was the Office episode where Michael Scott quits Dunder Mifflin. He tells David Wallace that he's quitting because they don't want to do his 15-year anniversary, and they've got Charles Minor in there now, and he's really mad at Charles Minor. And then Michael Scott realizes that he's got the, the entire office captivated by his quitting story. When he went to New York and he told David Wallace that he was quitting and everybody's just hanging on by a thread. And then Pam realizes that like Michael knows he's got the audience by a thread and he's finally telling a story that people are interested in. That was Trevor Kelsey recapping his ACT story yesterday. 
Uh, at one point, oh. Pam has to tell Michael, okay, you're in the building. You're in the right building. You're with the right people. What happens next? Because Michael's taken so long getting to it. Uh, it took Trevor 75 minutes on radio yesterday to tell his ACT story. He was about just about another 30 to 45 minutes from the story taking as long as time he actually took on the test. Um, but Trevor knew that he had the audience. He spent about 30, 20 minutes of the story really like just walking into the building before even getting to the test part of the story. It was a thing of beauty. And all that to say, Scoots, everybody was just, you couldn't, you couldn't tune out. No, you couldn't listen. You, you had to, you had to have him finish, even though he was, he knew that he was taking so long with the story. You still just had to, to, to be, you were gripped by the whole thing. It was a wild Saturday morning for our buddy TK. Well, and that's the thing is it had to take as long as it did. Right. Cause I don't feel like there were any details spared in this story, and that's we wouldn't have wanted any details spared. You know, we we needed to hear everything. I feel like Trevor laid it all out on the line, told us everything that really happened on Saturday. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't mind the length of the story. Matter of fact, I wouldn't have minded if it went two hours instead of one. I I could have listened to that all day. It was good stuff. Roush, do yourself a favor, go listen to the first hour. It's amazing. It it, it was pretty good. The the long and short of it, he. Did, I think, get an answer down for every question, but he did seem to make it that he just totally, completely guessed on every math and science question. <laughs> Accurate. He guessed on every single one? He, he got, it took him too long to read them. He, uh, he brought out his calculator, Roush, on the first math question, said that was the only question he used his calculator for, filled in the bubbles, realized he was done with the math section, and they still had 28 minutes, and he couldn't leave the room. <laughs> I don't think Trevor was familiar with the, what the square root symbol was either. Oh, he was yeah. Like, there was this no, one yeah. sign. I think it was the divide <laughs> sign. I didn't know what that meant. <laughs> So, yeah, it sounds like our, our guy struggled on math. Uh, he did act like between the grammar, like knowing where commas and stuff needed to go. He said he, he, said he crushed that section, which uh, eh. he's not the biggest reader in the world. <laughs> so I'm wondering where he's, he's getting like, his grammar knowledge from. But I'm, I'm happy to see him optimistic about that. Favorite part of the story, TJ, quickly. Are you saying? Are you asking? Or are you saying what yours? Is? I'm asking. I'll tell you mine after. Mine's just. The, I don't know if it was necessarily a favorite part. It was just the overall like him walking into the room to take the test, and there. I think he said there was like 19 other just high school students, and every single one of them looked at him, looked <laughs> up at him, like, oh my gosh. And uh, but he said that you know during this is only classic Trevor. During the commercial break, or the commercial break, during the break in between tests, he did leave to go <laughs> smoke a cigarette. Ends up getting like locked out of the building, can't find his way back. And everybody, I hope you're sitting down hearing this, but Trevor Kelsey was late returning back for the test. And they had every right not to let him back in. They do let him back in, though. But just leave it to Trevor Kelsey being at a place where all you have to do is just be there and be handed the test, he still managed a way to find, to be late. That Not even for like the get-go off the test. He, he was the last person in the room off the jump, which is not good, but not surprising. But even between tests, he still found a way to be late. 
this guy, he'll show up to his funeral late. That that was my favorite part of the story when he had to knock on the door and he said that lady came to the door and she's like, you're not supposed to leave. And he said, ma'am, I'm 43 years old taking the ACT. I clearly don't learn fast. <laughs> and then I, I, I don't, I, I say this lovingly. I, Trevor is the type of guy who isn't the most self-aware in the world. And I actually think that there, that can be, that, that doesn't always have to be a negative quality. Correct. Think, correct. Like there, people, there's, there's beauty in, in getting lost being in oblivious. your own world. Yeah, yeah. Like if you can get lost in your own world and you're just happy, go lucky, you know, like who, you know, who cares? You, you don't really need to worry about what other people are thinking about you. And I think that that, to some degree, is commendable from Trevor. But, like, I just, Scooch, I couldn't help but while he was telling this story, thinking, like, what are you leaving out? Like, I bet there are, I, I would love to hear from somebody else that was in that room with Trevor. Because he's just, like, a he's just kind of a noisy person, un, <laughs> involuntarily. So, like, I imagine during the test, he'd probably, like, be reading a question and just be like, no way I'm answering that one. That's a B. Like, (laughs) C. Like, I guarantee you he was doing these little things that he probably didn't even realize that he was doing. Secondly, if you've listened to him, we all love the big guy. It's a little bit concerning, but he's also just a wheezer, just like his regular breathing is wheezing. So, like, again, I just imagine this kid, like, needing to finally get that 34 to try to get into Stanford, his favorite ACC school, and then just next to him. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's a B. I don't know that one. Or he had the line. Like, I can't focus with this big dude just doing whatever he's doing next to me uh the whole story was just wild he had the line in the middle when he was trying to pick the answer he said i don't know f because that's what i'm gonna get on this section (laughs) (laughs) and then so after like the last test or something he had kind of made friends with the proctor or at least you know uh, had open lines of communication with them after the test at like I think the proctor, the way Trevor told it, was like, do you want to tell the class while you're here? And Trevor was like, yeah, I'm with a radio show. Like, uh, you know, thanks for letting me. He thanked the class for letting them hang out with them. It was like, Trevor, they're not hanging out with you. (laughs) (laughs) I also just don't think in his brain he quite comprehends, like, how serious the ACT is. For so many for, people. For many people, yeah. Yeah, for a lot of people, it's just, hey, I got to get a score so I can get into college. I don't really care what the score is. I just need, you know, just need to get my 18, 19, 20, 21, get the hell out of here, and I'll be one of, like, the best students at UofL with a score like that. But other people, like, they're, you know, I need to get scholarships. I need to yep. get a 29 so I can get into this school. Uh, and then right next to him, Trevor Kelsey, just a radio bit. Uh, your parents probably listen to me on radio. You all probably don't, but. That's a line that he actually said. Uh, good stuff all around. He they calculated what he thought he got. And yeah, based I did on their hear calculation, that. Mike he did his little formula. They think that it's a thirteen is the score that he is maybe looking at. But I, if he didn't answer a single math or science question with any sort of confidence, I can't imagine him getting that doing that high. I mean, I can getting very high, really, in any scenario, but not with an ACT score. The thing, too, is like science is just reading graphs. I don't. It's just. Can you read the chart on the question? But they're long. It takes time to read. And, uh, you know, our buddy Trevor is not a big 
time guy mm. or reader. Yeah. yeah, true, true. So it's kind of the perfect storm there. But there's an update, and then now we just wait. It's going to be a while till we get the test scores. But that's going to be a fun like middle of basketball season thing. I, I did. ACT I did. results are in. It takes that long. Up. Yeah, they take a while. Jeez. It, yeah, like two they take months. a while to get back. I did love the idea. He was like, I want somebody famous to announce my scores. Can we get Sean Moth, who he used to do the U of L games at the Yum Center and he used to be the PA announcer. Now he calls baseball for, for U of L baseball and radio. And he does a good job. And I think Sean Moth seems like a good guy. But I love the idea where it's like, and on the mat section, Trevor Kelsey gets Ooh. a three. Actually, actually, I think I know who. Um... I, I I think I have some people in mind that we could that we could use. Let's hear it. I mean, yesterday Carl Nathy said his son's a big uh, big fan, and he's like, I enjoy your stuff too. We could have Carl Nathy or Travis Stone, track announcer from Churchill Downs. Oh, he's that a pretty would good be dude. Great. And we flip on over to the math section. Trevor didn't do too hot on section number one. Didn't get any right on section number two. He also got zero. No, no right. Looking at section number three, he did get two right. Must have guessed lucky on that one. Coming down the final turn, we've got the final score, and it's a four for Trevor in the math section. A four comes across the finish line for Trevor in the math section. <laughs> that was fantastic. I think Travis Stone would be great at that. Yeah, that's a good be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I, We've got our options here. Sean Mouth, you may have some competition. Of course, it's not our bit whatsoever, but we're going <laughs> to interject ourselves just like as if it were totally and completely our bit. Uh, we found out where TJ Beisner is going to go. I think we alluded to this move a little bit, but we knew that something like this was happening. That's made official. Uh, the Athletic called him young, which I think, you know, regardless of what any conversation we're huge, going to have. Huge, for TJ. Ginormous, yeah. He gets in the same breath as, a J, you know, Jay Lucas being young, TJ Bosner. Another I mean, TJ Bosner's like, I mean, he's got to be at least 10 years older than Jay Lucas, right? He's got an adult son. Yeah, but uh, that, that's like an adoptive old, uh, older yeah, son. You, you know, we just yeah, you, it's a, a, he's not young. Well, you know, it's so, like, like you know like, what? He's, he is young. He's very young. TJ and was very, covering Jay Lucas's recruitment. If like. he's very young, then that means we're like very, very young. Oh, we are. Little, if we baby. ever get hired by John Calipari, uh-huh. I mean, then we can leave for Kansas, and there'll be like another young staffer <laughs> leaving for another blue blood. We're gonna come back. We'll talk about that. We need to get heavy into the Thornton's text line today. People are still going to be talking UK's football win over Eastern Kentucky. We will give you updates on injuries, the latest with what the depth chart's looking like for the Akron game, and more importantly, what's up with, with Liam Cohen. So a lot more to get to on today's Kentucky Roll Call. Fun first segment. Don't go anywhere on your Tuesday KRC. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. We'll be right back. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call. I thought you had a day off yesterday. I did. I went in there to pick up my check, came home. Supervisor called me about 4 o'clock. Talking about they got me on videotape stealing boxes. With Walker and Roush. What you doing stealing boxes for? What you trying to build a clubhouse? 
Welcome back. Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Justin Kalen is the producer, and then the talent is Nick Roush, and I'm TJ Walker. Uh, one of the talent, Nick Roush, hot mic during that commercial break. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody heard everything. Everything. I know. And Slamming cups man, on the desk. It was torrid. <laughs> Just salacious I, stuff here on the Big X Sports Radio. I didn't. I didn't hear anything, but... You always always makes you nervous when you get a text message being like, hot mic, turn it off. It's like, oh, oh, did I say anything? Did I do anything? What did they hear? But sounds like Roush was just making loud noises. Yeah, just a, just a cup hitting the desk, heard a couple sniffles. Nothing major. Yeah, yeah. It, it is sniffle season. It is. Make Confirmed. Sure, make sure everybody's taking your allergy pills. Make sure everybody's texting on in to the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Roush? T.J. Beisner going to UNC, North Carolina. Going to be a little closer to his son. Do you have any hot takes? I do. I have a lot of them. Um, and oh, my, oh, gosh. my favorite. Roush, hold was, up, hold uh, up, hold up. Roush, yeah. yeah You're something, crazy. Something's gone horribly wrong with your microphone. Oh, no. Sounds like horrible. something's maybe not plugged in all the way. Oh, no. Is that better? No. no it's worse. It's worse. <laughs> Give me a minute. All right, Roush is going to right. figure it out. We'll just have to be a little bit more patient with his <laughs> hot take. And he's gone, so he can't hear us now, and this could actually be good. I think this is actually what Roush is going to say. I don't think there's a hot take to be had here, unfortunately. I think if you're one that connects the dots, there are plenty to connect, and we'll get to what those dots being connected could be. But in its own right, that's my opinion on it. But, Roush, hopefully you sound a little bit better. I hope so. Yes. Oh, you sound amazing. Wow. Crystal Ooh, clear. Here we go. Nicely love done. Um, I've loved uh, Eric Lindsay. He was essentially TJ's predecessor. I know Nil wasn't around then. Uh, but SIDs typically get co-opted by Cal as his, like, right-hand man. Uh, running around doing a bunch of crazy stuff for Cal. Answering calls at all hours of the day. And he said, shame on you for thinking this is anything other than a family matter. There's much more to these decisions than this. Blah, 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 blah. All right, Eric, no poop. It's a family matter. Like, if you're making a professional decision like this, like, of course, family has something to do with it. It's because you're being worked too hard. Like, that's that's what that's why you quit, right? That's why most people quit. And the, the thing that he doesn't realize is that most people quit that job to get out of the profession. They just get out of the business. Our friend Haley Minogue, she got out of the business last week. I The amount of our peers, TJ, that get out of this business, it's, it's staggering. So, like, yes, we know all about the family aspect of it. TJ did not get out of the business. He quit coaching his dream job. At his dream school, the one he grew up cheering for, the one he grew up blogging about, the one he did a TV show about, he quit that job to take another one and move his family to Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Like, yeah, we can read into it a little bit. Like, I, I mean, I, I did, something was else was off besides just his kid lives in North Carolina, and you can't convince me otherwise. Yeah, I... Uh, if you're connecting dots, you could make a case that like 
last one in the John Calipari era in Lexington, turn out the lights. And you could, yep. if you wanted your brain to do some exercises, you could think that like, hey, the end of the John Calipari era is near and a few folks are just jumping on their life rafts that they can jump on as soon as possible. You could you could make that case you if you're connecting there. you yeah. could if you're connecting the dots. Um, maybe Cal has like let people know that hey you know you're welcome to stay with me, but if you get another opportunity, you you may want to take it. You may want to take it because I may not be here forever. And once I leave, what happens next year? It's out of my hands, and it, it probably will be out of your hands too. So if you can find a good opportunity elsewhere, it may be smart. If you wanted to connect the dots, there's enough. There's enough evidence there that this TJ Beisner move is is not nothing. Roush, I disagree with you. I do think the long and short of it is he wants to be close to his son. Also think sometimes when you see how the sauce is, is made, it, it can turn you off to the whole process. Uh, I, he's a UK basketball fan, first and foremost. He grew up. like This isn't just something that you can kind of snap your fingers and not become a fan. This is something that factually will happen with TJ Beisner. Like he will be at UNC, he'll be wearing UNC stuff, and there will be Saturdays where he's checking his phone, hoping to see Kentucky winning. And that's going to be like weird mentally for him, but it's going to happen. It's not just something that you can quit. So I fall back to I think the long and short of it is he's gonna he's gonna get to be around his family a little bit. And he wants maybe to fall in love a little bit with UK basketball again and not let it be such a job. And right now it was more than a job. It was a life and it was taking away from his family time. And it was a very busy, time consuming, high demand job. I, my biggest worry is that nobody wants to work for Cal except for Cal's guys. Um, Cause like what? I mean, I, I there's some people I can't imagine working in North Carolina blue. Yeah, when they sign your checks, you you quit caring pretty quickly. Like it, I, I would have no trouble doing Illinois sports radio or whatever. I, I wouldn't want to though, right? Like it would take an awful lot for me to have to do that. It would have to. This job would have to be incredibly taxing, incredibly difficult, incredibly hard to do in order for me to do that. So like, why? But like, why is it? Why did it take 17 years to hire what? What's his name? The who's the guy that everybody was freaking out over? They're playing fast now. Like it, uh, the Welsh guy. Yeah, and they were like, "Oh my gosh, the John Welch changed the game." And it's like, well, why did it take till June to hire somebody? Why is it taking this long to hire people? Why are people actively wanting to leave? Like I, I, I just think it's, I don't, I, like I'm not trying to just say like. TJ Beiser's leaving because John Calipari's the worst. But, like, I think it's also pretty foolish to just, like, act like this is a one-off. Like, look yeah, around. But like, and- who, really, who really cares if UK's lo- losing a nil director to North Carolina? And yeah, we, all I mean, like, we all like TJ, but, like, th- I, I don't care. This doesn't impact Kentucky really in the slightest. You're tr- you're trying to say, what does this mean big picture? And now, you know, you've got, you've, you've got Jay Lucas leaving and you got – uh, Brady Kennedy, he left for kind of a lateral position. You've got these people leaving for what are perceived lateral jobs. Why is that? I just yeah, and that's, that's a fair and that's a fair question. Yeah, and, that's, and the, I, that's I, the part that gets me, especially like got people who have been around that program, like the the video coordinator. I forgot about that. I mean, he was there. He was one of the 
think he's one of the few people that have been around for the entire Cal tenure. But like those in their own just boxes by themselves, not big deals. Again, like well, losing- okay. So to take it a step further, though, TJ. Anything I hear about the program just sounds like chaos behind the scenes. So, like, this is just, like, evidence, like, reinforcing that it is chaotic over there at times. What – well, what what do you hear? Do you Can you share? I mean, just that, like, it's a poop show when it comes to – I mean, this – name off-season X, Y, and Z, and you have different people sharing different messages. There's no alignment whatsoever, and – uh, this is even chit stuff. Like, it, if it depended on who you asked. Now they they basically put the clamps down on anything. If you haven't noticed, like we've heard nothing as of late. But like, it's just every depending on who you ask, you get a different story from everyone because people aren't on the same page. That's kind of that's kind of the poop show that I've been learned on. Um, and I, I'll just kind of keep it vague at that, but because uh, I'm not, you know, at liberty to d- divulge the most specific details. But like, it's the the poop show. The kind of like, what are they? What are they doing over there? I've I've had to say that out loud so many times over the last four or five years, and I, I just I, I this feels like evidence for me. Maybe I'm being too hard. Maybe I'm being too critical. But like some of the little things that like they, I just I don't. I feel like it should be easier to have everybody on the same page than what it has been. I I don't disagree with that. I do. If I feel like if I were a radio listener and I was hearing you say all this stuff, I'd be like, "Tell me more. Tell me about like all this unorganized, how unorganized things are, and how messy things are." I've heard some of what you've heard. I'm sure you've heard other stuff that I haven't heard. I I maybe heard some things that you haven't heard. But I I think what, without getting into like the very details of it, I think what Roush is saying is like your your evidence is what is out there. What is yes. what is not known is that like there's a reason it's happening. The reason it's happening is just because nobody's on the same page. So you're like your cause is what you're saying. Your causation, or I guess the, the flip those, is your evidence of people actually leaving. Like there, people are leaving. Here's why. I think people would want more about it, but like you're just, you're just saying it's a tough place to work because people don't really know who to answer to. Well, and then there will be like. They think they're doing the good for the program by leaking stuff to the media to help public opinion, but then their boss or somebody else in the athletic department, like they just start bitching and moaning, and there's just infighting mm-hmm. over who is doing the best good for the program instead of everybody just being on the same page. That's really the frustrating part of the last three or four years is even when people are trying to do the right thing, they're admonished over there. Or, and then they get mad at us. And then it's just like, can you not just like do your jobs? Like it's not, (laughs) you know, like, um, Hey, leaking stuff to the media doesn't mean that like, it's the media's fault that we're sharing this, you know, like, and some of it's maybe I just got more bones to pick. Like I have zero bones to pick with slacks because, uh, and, and maybe I have more bones to pick with people that are close to the craft center. It can be silly. I just, I, I'm, I'm very frustrated with um, 
the lack of central authorization over there. But for me, what a lot of it ends up coming back to is I worry that like the only people that weren't always John Calipari's boys that could like say no, like they 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 haven't lasted around here. And Cal has kind of insulated himself from anybody. Like no. I, I think that you, well, a lot of what you're saying, I agree with, and I I think you're right. In without like getting into all the details of it, I think you're right about a lot of stuff. I just disagree with like where the where the blame begins. I almost feel like you can make a case that John Calipari guys are like T.J. Beisner is a John Calipari guy. I don't think, in my opinion, he left because of John Calipari. And I think you alluded to a lot of things that are true. I think it's probably more likely yeah, he left yeah, because John Calipari people. was telling him one thing, and then UK Athletics was probably telling him another, and he just felt like, what? what? Why am I stuck in the middle? Why of am I stuck in the middle? between like yes. The head coach of the basketball program is telling me one thing, and then I've got people in the athletic program specifically telling me not to do this. And I, I'm, going, like, I'm going to get – I'm going to get – for lack of a better word, I'm going to get bitched at one way or another. Like I'm going to get yelled at if I, yeah. Yeah. If, if I don't do what Cal does, I'm, you know, I'll get a text message at 11:30 PM. If I don't do what UK does, I'll get two people coming into my office at 9 AM. Like, <laughs> yeah. well, you know, yeah. Yeah. I, I get, yeah. I get wanting that, to get out of That's a better way to explain it. Yeah. And quite frankly, I think sometimes that extends over to support staff, which is exactly what TJ Beisner was. And I think it can even, creep up into the assistance. And I, I agree with you that I think it's, uh, and we've talked about this this summer, Roush, I think things inside the basketball program are unorganized. The more that I learn, I do think it's this, hey, John Calipari's running the program one way. I'm using air quotes around one way. And I think UK Athletics start, you know, it starts at the top with Mitch Barnhart, but then it goes down to his sports information team. I think they look at things doing it another way when they can work together coexist together they do but a lot of times they can't they don't they won't and there's this friction between the head coach's office and then the athletic department's offices and that's just it's not sustainable and but i think the thing is i think everybody knows that like this isn't going to last forever this has a expiration date that's sooner rather than later the john calipari era at kentucky and I think people just, it's not worth like having a heart to heart and figuring out, you know, laying it all out there. I think there's a lot of people in the athletic program that John Calipari doesn't respect and doesn't love over there. I think there's people in the athletic program that are ready to move on from Calipari and don't like the way that he goes about doing things. And I think this is the result you're seeing from it, where like things are staying afloat. You got some people that are jumping off on life rafts just to go their own separate ways, do their own separate things. And I think the rest are just saying, hey, we're here with the ship, whether it goes down or whether it stays afloat, we're here for it, but we're going to figure it out one way or another here probably in the next year or two years. And I do. I think this will be his last year at UK. I think this will be Cal's last year at UK. Uh, I, do I think he's going to walk away from all that money? I don't. It would surprise me a little bit, but I think there could be a buyout in the horizon. And I think the perfect scenario for everybody involved is that like UK wins the title this year and he feels like, John can ride off into the sunset, and that's that. But then again, if he wins the title this year or they have a really good season, he's going to kind of maybe get re rejuiced, 
reinvigorated and wanting to keep winning games. But there is something up. I don't doubt that for a second. I just don't think it's a big deal in terms of the context of this season. But if you're going to have Cal another five years, like something would have to give. Like people at the athletic department would either need to get back on board with Cal or be replaced or Cal would need to leave and you need to get a head coach in here that's going to be more willing to work with the athletic department. But as it stands right now, it is unorganized and it's a mess, but it shouldn't have an impact on this season. And secondly, all of like the one decisions of people leaving you know, you could break it down. Well, Bowser just wants to be closer to his family. Yeah, he liked UK basketball, but it was turning into too much of a job. And now he can be a UK fan and then go do the work for the UNC while also being close to his son. And that's great for everybody. And all that can be totally true. could be the thousand percent reason. But when you start adding them all up, it's more than just nothing. I just don't think it's big enough to sink this season. Not yet, at least. We'll see. Oh, yeah. 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 We'll uh, see. But if, but if they say that the Croatian sensation's ineligible, see, it, yeah. it's going to be, it's going to like, you know, it, Cal's attitudes towards the university are not going to be pretty. And how does that impact the season going forward? I don't know. But as of right now, I think everything's okay enough at the surface. Believe, beneath the surface, it's messy. It's like, a, it's like when you tell a kid to clean a room. Like, okay, the room looks clean. Don't look under the bed and don't look in the closets, but like the room looks clean now. This team looks good. I think we're going to have a fun season. Should be a really good group. Really talented team. Now, if you if you gave John Calipari some truth serum and told him to open up about Mitch Barnhart in the athletic program, eh, probably be messy. It wouldn't mm-hmm. look so clean. If you told some of maybe the people in the athletic program what it's like to work with John Calipari and how he runs his basketball program, yeah, don't look under the bed. It may, you know, you may not like what you find there. But at least when you walk into the room, you ask for the room to be clean. We ask for a good team. We ask for a fun, exciting season. I think we have those things lined up, Roush. Let's just not dig too deep about the other stuff. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's that, that just got to take your brooms. Bring your suckets to, to Lexington because it does. It's just like, oh, man. Because I, 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 I like the people that are all involved over there on the surface level. But the the bickering and like the – it's just like, yeah, what, 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 how are it you? Seem, it, it seems like egos, which is so embarrassing that people, you know, grown adults. But we see that every day, don't we? Well, like, and, and that's also what happens when you've got, I mean, this, the same power structure intact since we were at school at UK and before, even before then, right? Barnhart has been there 25 years, basically. Uh, Capiluto has been there 20 years. Cal's been there 16, 16, 16 seasons. Stoops 11 years. I mean, like that just, yeah, they're going to run into some roadblocks. And uh, I think there's plenty in between them. And I did not anticipate us getting this far down the road. Um, But I just, uh, you know, like, to, to act like this is I, – I, I just wanted to put this in the context because obviously I wish Bosner the best, and I think there's probably a sense of relief um, for him and also a sense of pride that he got to to climb that ladder and to do that job at Kentucky, but also like when it's time, it's time, and, and he knew it was time to move on. Uh, yeah, and I'm not trying to say who's, who's at fault, who's to blame for like the situation that it's in. Roush is right. You work with people long enough, things are going to get 
things are going to kind of irk you. You'll have your minor annoyances with people. I, I think everybody's to blame for this, just not, you know, whatever actually is going on in the athletic program. And we're painting you kind of a picture, not a very detailed picture, but a pretty broad picture. But we're, we're kind of detailing what's going on. There's a disagreement between athletics and John Calipari, even within the basketball program and John Calipari. And the John Calipari haters would say, well, yeah, because he's, you know, he's a northerner and he's tough to work with and it's on Cal. And you get Calipari defenders say, well, all he's trying to do is ask for facilities and make the program better. And UK is just making his life more difficult because things have not gone well the last few seasons. Whatever side you pick on, like these are grown adults. They have worked together so long. I get how things could be annoying, but can't people just come together and think like, hey, we've all got the ultimate goal here. We want basketball to do well. I want it to do well. You all want it to do well. We differ a little bit in how we go about things this way. Can, can they not find some common ground? The answer to that question is clearly no, because it is the year 2023, and all this, all this, pretty much everybody in the basketball office has been together since 2009. So like, clearly this maybe isn't something that can be repaired, but just don't let it be a distraction for this season. The, the pieces are too good. The setup is too good. So if people are really annoyed with one another and people are trying to get out and go to other jobs and it's a toxic workplace or whatever it may be, whatever you want to do, one season, let's just chill out, win a national championship. Is that too much to ask? Let's end hour one of Kentucky Roll Call here. Hour number two coming up next. We're going to get to the Thornton's text line. We'll get you some updates on the football side of things as well. This is KRC on the Big X. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Caleb. Over? You say over? I heard the family! Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is! With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back, hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. The show goes 7 to 9. You can listen on 96.1 FM. Or 14.50 a.m., both sides of the radio dial. Get the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Listen to KRC any time of the day. Just search for Kentucky Roll Call. We are on Twitter and a Twitter community. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Yeah, so you, you can find us. We're available and replay the show 9 to 11. Text on into the Thornton sex line, 502-414-1450. We're going to get to that here momentarily. Do want to remind folks about Taco Tuesday at Saul Saritas. That's right. It's Tuesday already. You can get the most delicious tacos in the city of Louisville from Saul Saritas. They've got two locations in town, Middletown. It's got a drive through and St. Matthew's. And do not forget Saul Saritas for all your catering needs. Work function sport, tailgate, whatever it may be, they'll get you covered. Salsaritas, download the app. You can do it all at the touch of your fingertips on the Salsaritas app. Roush, let's get a Liam Cohen update here, and then we can kind of just take that into football as a whole. Uh, There was no new update other than, I mean, as far as what's basically they're taking everything day by day over at the Joe Craft Football Training Facility. Um, right now 
where Liam's still in the hospital. Um, last I heard as of last night, prognosis is still quote-unquote good. Um, I'm assuming they're running tests and making sure everything's a-okay before releasing him. But, um, you know, there's right now they're kind of taking day by day what they're going to do. I, Stoops isn't thinking about who's calling plays, what's next in that regard. Um, but we're this is usually the day that he, Liam speaks with the media. So I'm not really sure what to expect when I go to practice tonight in Lexington. I'm curious. I'm just I'm curious the all around vibe everything around the program. Fascinated to see how it unfolds. Mark Stoops had kind of a quiet calmness and confidence to him yesterday, where you know he was clearly shook by the events of Sunday. Very grateful for all the first responders. He kind of used 9/11 as a way to be like you know when you need them, they're they're there for you, and they were there for us. Uh, so he. But at the same time, I think it helped him just, like, reset his brain. Okay, like, we know these players are good. They'll get it figured out. We're doing just a couple boneheaded things that have turned, like, other teams are capitalizing on these opportunities. Um, And once we work our way through these, we'll be fine. So I I think that's kind of where Kentucky stands right now. Hopefully the team uses this as a way to kind of exhale, breathe a little bit, and, and just go play some some quality football, but uh, we'll hear more tonight around uh, 6 o'clock at the uh, practice facility. Yeah, Mark Stoops nearly got emotional when talking about the situation. Tried to be as broad as he could without getting into details. Uh, But, yeah, nearly kind of choked up talking about how much he cares about his coaching staff and when something happens like that, how, how difficult it can be for the entire coaching staff and the entire team at that. So, uh, we'll still continue to pray and think about Liam Cohen and, and hope that he's okay. It, it did seem like the the long-term outlook was positive, although just kind of hearing him again, and he's, he was walking around it, kind of skirting around it as much as he could. Right, right. But hearing him kind of detail the situation sounded very scary, very serious. So it's good that the the outlook is positive moving forward, but it, it did after, you know, I'd – I don't think when you hear about a medical emergency, you ever think like, oh, I'm sure it's not a big deal. But it sounded pretty, yeah, severe. Yeah. It sounded pretty severe, all things considered. Yeah. Um, the initial things I heard were not good, but I, I don't know how much of that was just conflating rumors with what actually happened. But um, it was – and I, I think for a lot of folks, you just hope that the fear was worse than what actually happened medically to Liam. So. Um, you know, but we're still kind of in the dark on a lot of this stuff. I think we will remain there for at least a little bit longer. Um, and, you know, hopefully the team can just rally around him and respond to this adversity. Um, I, I mentioned it at some point before the season, but I, I was seeing some signs of unselfishness that were positive that when adversity did strike, they would be able to respond. Uh, some of it's happened on the field so far where you've been able to see it. Now let's um, – Let's see how what happens now. Um, you just kind of never know in some of these situations. And he was asked, like, you know, what would the plan be for offense on Saturday? And he totally just dismissed the question, wouldn't entertain yeah. it in the slightest, which I didn't think was like a bad question. Uh, I, I get that that's not something that he really wants to focus on right now, but it is worth asking that, like, if- yeah. 
I, I, it's one of those things too. I don't think Lindsey was around for all of the last offensive coordinators games without offensive coordinators. We're like Stoops. Even when after he fired Rich Gangarello, even after Eddie Graham was like, oh, he like refused to say who was going to call plays. It just I don't know why he was so difficult about it, but he was. It was it was very bizarre. Yeah, that doesn't mean that you stop asking the question, though, just because, you know, he doesn't want to answer it. And it's a question that, like, as the week goes on, we're going to be interested in what that answer is going to be. I, You know, if he needs more time to think about it or didn't think yesterday was the appropriate place to answer that question, it is going to be a question that we're interested in. If Liam Cohen can't call and we all want his health first and foremost, that's where everybody's mind is. But if it ain't going to be him, it is a fair question to know, like, all right, well, then who is it? It's 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 Scott Woodward, but I don't know why he won't want to say it. Like he did that last year, and I don't know why. It was that's, Scott that's, Woodward calling the plays. I don't yeah, I don't that, I don't understand it. That seems like the the basic, you know, like the only <laughs> thing I could think of. Like, would you be calling the plays, Mark Stoops? Which you're the head coach, you know. Like you're, it, if you if that's what he came out and said, I don't think anybody really would like be ticked off about it or mad about it. Right, I, right. I'm curious, and I think that is the right answer. But yeah, I agree with you that. Wonder why you won't say that. And again, if you it, want to say that, like Monday is not the time to do it. Let the week go on. Okay, whatever. Yeah, I disagree. Right. That's fine. But at some point, then he should say that. And I'm with you, Roush. He probably isn't going to. It'll just be Saturday, and you know, we'll just go off really what you're saying. That like, hey, this is probably going to be who's calling the offense. Yeah, and I, I get some of it is he wants to credit all the people who helped put together the game plan. But it's like, do you do that every? Do you do that every week? Like <laughs> that's just like the coaching hierarchy, you know? Yeah. That's just how, that's how this works. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but we've got a lot of texts to get to on the Thorns text on a lot that discuss the game. Um, I don't know. I, I doubt there were a ton of people who turned uh, off our, sh- or kept our show on um, and did not turn on Monday night football, but we got a little combative on the football podcast last night. Cause there's been some hot takes. I'm going to be less combative today, TJ. Because a, a lot of these takes that are brought up are very similar to things I've said at some point since the football game, so I'm I'm going to try to not be uh, uh, Nick Grouch as as what they is what they're calling him. No Nick Grouch today. Oh, so all your other forms of media they get the fired up, excited Roush. We just get the vanilla. No, I'm just not going to be a jerk about it because, like, uh, you know, just because because like there's ways for me to get annoyed on the text line because it's like the sixth time I've heard it. But no, I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna have, I'm still gonna retort. Just not maybe like, well, what do you think, Texter? I'm just not gonna be snappy. How about that? Um, that's, that's, like, that's like when Salt Lake Brian is trying to say, checking in, looks like it's 17 49ers. Scoots, are you 10 plays deep now? Or are you moving to the harder stuff? And he sends in a sad TJ Watt picture where the Niners have 199 yards to one total yards. Hey, Salt Lake Brian, suck it. Yeah, suck it, Salt Lake Brian. That's a hilarious graphic. It, it really is. Really. Also, that's not, T, that's not TJ Watt, is it? No, it's not. That is wrong. Cameron Hayward. Yeah. Learn your Steelers, Roush. Yeah. I'm sure the numbers aren't wrong, but I thought Leary looked a lot better than worst QBR in the SEC this week. Probably three or four legitimate drops, but the sack on fourth down and the batted balls need to be cleaned up. Also a bit concerned about the lack of defensive line presence given the level of the opponents the last few weeks. Uh, I'm totally all right with Leary. I think I've seen enough to 
not be worried, not be concerned. I think he's going to be fine. He's making some big time throws. It's just he's taking a little while. Q- to QBRs is just a hack stat. Don't like people throw those around because it generates hot takes because it's not reflective of a quarterback's play. ESPN made it up, and it was so bad they quit using it. But they still put it out there. They just don't. They don't even use it like on their shows to talk about, you know, how quarterbacks are playing. I've got uh, no major issues with Leary. He just takes a little, he's taken a little while to get going, but that's understandable. Also, the Dion, they were amazing in week one, and they were also pretty good last week, too. Um, they, a few times there were some creases for big runs, but uh, I haven't gone back and watched yet. But sometimes, a lot of times it's on the linebackers as much as anything. So if Kentucky, if Florida was at Kentucky next Saturday, what would the line be? Like so, if if Florida was coming to UK this weekend, I think is what the texter's asking. Uh, I think Kentucky would be like a three and a half point favorite or something. I would, yeah. Um, I think it would be closer to six. And I'm probably somewhere just, in that ballpark. I might be just uh, feeling a little too froggy. So yeah, actually, three and a half is about right. Yeah. Three Anywhere half. from like a field goal to a touchdown, probably in the, that ballpark. The power rankings say right around, yeah, three and a half. So, uh, Childress is literally talking straight trash to the head coach for EKU. This is so embarrassing, buddy. You're up four against EKU, and your coverage team has been getting cooked by these low tier teams. Such an embarrassing look to see on the field. I was appalled. Have some self awareness, you bum. Man, I never going to get mad at people for talking trash or celebrating. Like, I. I was more disappointed. I don't know if it was Caddis or who it was, but maybe Dingle. It was a tight end, I think. Somebody like trying to grab an Eastern Kentucky player's legs like while they were running away. I don't care about talking trash. Like, have fun. It's a sport. Don't cross the line and get your team a 15-yard penalty. But if you if you if you want to talk, if you're somebody that talks to get yourself pumped up, then talk. You just need to be able to back it up. And again, against Eastern Kentucky, when you're only winning by 11 points, that is one thing. But if they needed it to kind of get motivated and kick their butts into gear, I'm all for that. I was more disappointed with like the sloppy play. Um, yeah, yeah. Again, I'm, like that's. The I, I want I want Childers to be better. Um, you know, like that more so than anything. Yeah, I just don't care about the talking trash, but I. I think the Texers more alluding to like you were struggling with Eastern Kentucky when you were doing it. Maybe not the time to do it. Um, I just I don't care about that stuff. How much longer does Saban coach? I get the vibe and sense he knows college football has officially passed him for good. Eh, I don't know if, if I think that. Somebody's think been listening to about, SEC Mike. I would think about five years. Uh, mm, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It does feel like he's getting to a crossroads, though. Um, but you know what? He could just get a portal quarterback next year, and then they go win a title. And <laughs> yeah, He's always going to have as much talent or just about as much talent as anybody else. So much of this at the top is quarterback-related. They don't have somebody that they absolutely love this year. I, and I also don't think he's going to be the – I think he's going to want to go out on top more than just about anybody. Right, right. So and, I, you know, yeah. I, I would think that – it's not like Alabama is just going to not see the college football playoff for the next four years, and then he just quietly retires because things aren't going well. Uh, I, I can't envision that happening with Nick Saban. But people maybe said that they didn't envision Calipari kind of struggling the way that he has. 
the last several seasons. Um, we'll see. Justin Rowland had a thread about how like dynasties in quicker than people realize, and like before you once you start asking, is it actually over? It's probably been over for a little bit. I don't think that's the case with Alabama. I don't think it's the case with Kentucky. But it's the case with Clemson, that's for damn sure. Yeah, suck at Clemson. Yeah. A texter says, not quite sure about this tweet, Nick, since he hung a billion on him last week, and that's the tweet that you had on Saturday that we've talked a lot about. Did Cincinnati, um, did they, what do they do to hurt you? Rutherford tweeted this out, and it's true. Uh, that's the closest Scott Satterfield ever came to beating Kentucky, and Kentucky fans cannot stand it. Like, we would be upset the way that Kentucky played, no matter what, but people were 10 times more upset because they lost to Scott. Like they gave up 66 points to Scott Satterfield. That's it. If it was any other program, nobody would care. But it's Satterfield. So, like, we, we're ta- Kentucky fans are taking that personally. And it's just like, come on. Come on, people. I don't care that it's Satterfield. I think that adds a caveat to it. But if just somebody that I didn't even know was the coach at Cincinnati and they beat a team and then the following by. 50 and then the following week UK beats the same team by 11 I would be like okay well what's what's up with that why why is the team just up the road beating this team by 50 and we're beating them by 11 and then you add in Scott Satterfield and I think just UK fans naturally think that he's a bum and for good reason plenty of evidence to to back up that take so then when you think that a bum coach is doing it it, it adds a little bit more concern. But again, the game on Saturday means as much as this team allows it to mean. If they go out there and they struggle against Akron, well, at that point, it's like, okay, we've probably seen a sam- enough sample size that this team is just not great, at least right now. If they go out and they blow out Akron, things look good, we're, we're going to be over the Eastern Kentucky game. It'll be rightfully so categorized as just a sloppy Saturday against an FCS opponent, which wouldn't be the first time that Mark Stoops has had a game like that. Won't be the last time, probably. Another texture on the Thornton's text line says, our pace of play on offense didn't make a lot of sense. Is Liam not wanting to play hurry-up offense? No. Uh, I saw this talked about a ton on social media yesterday, Roush. Yeah, no, he's, he does not. It's a pro-style offense. Um, the, the number of plays, quality matters more than quantity. Rich Scangarello ran four less plays per game last year, and the offense was a thousand times worse. It's they're like if they if they get first downs, then they run more plays. But they weren't because they were committing penalties and shooting themselves in the foot. And the defense, their third down defense has been atrocious. So yeah, I'm not the tempo is not the problem. TJ, did you ever find yourself during the game yesterday being like can can they not just get the play in? Are they run the play? Like I I don't I never felt that. I don't know if you did, but I I've never felt that way watching this team. Uh no I, no I I think that what I would look at is what are they doing when they need a score? What are they doing at the end of halves? Are they playing quick? Can they move? Can they do a two minute offense if they need to? Very small sample size, obviously, up to this point. I think when they need to have a sense of urgency, they've shown that. So the reason I'm not panicked about pace of play is because I think that to some degree they're just trying to get out of these games, Rush. Not that I think that they don't realize that they need to practice and that there's plenty that they need to work on. But I think if Mark Stoops is told, hey, should we limit snaps 
Should we try to shorten the game against Eastern Kentucky? Yay or nay? I think Mark Zeus would say absolutely yes. Let's run our stuff. Let's try to get out as healthy as we can, but let's not you know, let us not try to win a hundred to ten and use all three timeouts in each half and just make sure we get every single play that we can. I think in some of these garbage opponents, they just want to get out of the game a little bit faster. But when they've needed to show a little bit of urgency, they've been able to do it pretty well. So yeah. I it, it's a little slower than my liking is. But one, college games are going to go by faster. I think some people can't quite process that just yet. College games are going a little quicker. Nothing too drastic. Nothing need to, need, that people need to freak out about. But they are going by a little bit quicker. And two, it's garbage opponents. I don't think UK is I, – I think they're okay with letting the clock churn and burn a little bit um, in these games. So I'm not concerned about it yet. I've got an eye on it. But I don't think it's something that people need to be freaking out in week two here of the college football season. Yeah, um, and I, I, I think a lot of um, – you, you've seen it when they create explosive plays. The next play comes pretty quick. I mean, it's not Jeff Levy quick, but it's fast. Um, and I'd also say that a lot of the bigger offensive problems, it's growing pains when you shift from a run-first to a pass-first offense. Um, I think Kentucky is 13th in percentage of – plays that are passes in the country they're throwing the ball more than they've ever like and they've thrown it since 2014 or 2015 so it's just gonna it's gonna be clunky at times while they figure it out um but they've got the runway so let's let's see what they're going to do it uh this sentiment is a, a familiar one as well i truly thought we were past typical flag kentucky football we just didn't seem interested to play at all um I, i'm sure tennessee fans thought the same thing too when they were up i think it was seven nothing at half against Austin P last week. Like it's not, this isn't just like an exclusive Kentucky problem. Yeah. I, it just seems like Stoops is good for one a year. Yeah. And I think like, you know, the Alabamas and the Georgias of the world aren't, but that next tier, it's not, you're not immune to just having a stinker every so often. And Kentucky's not in the Georgia Alabama tier. I hate to break it to you. I hope that's where we get, but they're just not, they're not there yet. And then in that next year, a lot of teams will, will struggle. Um, they, they will not always be their best, especially sometimes when they feel like they can just wake up and beat a team without any prep or with, with just like a D-minus level, effort level. And that's I think you saw a little bit of that against Eastern Kentucky. Texter says, prayers up for Liam Cohen. Curious as to what happened. Another texter says, Scoots with the luckiest cover of all time on Oregon. Woohoo! You you on Oregon? Yeah, I was on Oregon. And you son of a. And Roush, you all gave me a bunch of crap for it, but Colorado was my lock, and that looked real good, Clark. I I just I hate you so much. I just I I I really do. I'm five and one through two weeks. No big deal. I just I'm I'm disgusted. I can't (laughs) I can't see a a bet the board. I can't hit a bet. This is just. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, I went one and four in my NFL gambling league, which is just so hilariously bad. I've never done that bad before. I uh, Spears um, had me pick all sixteen games against the spread last week for the NFL, and I just added them up during that last commercial. I went five and eleven. Woof! I mean, it's wild. I mean, NFL is all, just, but it's so hard. Like, it is you, hard. I, yeah, I bet you'd be that all all week. That's tough. We'll see. That's tough. For all season. Sorry. I'm just ready for football to be back. I want it to be Thursday. 
A texter says, TJ, I appreciate the USA updates because I haven't watched a second of the games. Is it fair to say the Americans truthfully don't care about FIBA as much as compared to the other countries? Feels like these other countries would die for their country on the basketball floor. On the flip side, our players are entitled millionaires who wouldn't lose a second of sleep if they've lost since their life is already made. It's a sad reality. Well, I mean, a lot of these other good international teams have NBA players as well. Um, not all of them have every single player on their roster as an NBA player, quite like the United States, but an absolutely dreadful showing in the World Cup. You got such an easy draw. You lose to Lithuania, which was embarrassing in its own right, but it was a totally and completely meaningless game. You could even make the case that the United States threw it on purpose to get such an easy draw. You have to beat Italy and Germany to get to the gold medal match in which case you were probably going to play, what, Serbia? And that was going to be a tough game. Um, but you lose to Germany. You lose to Dennis frickin' Schroeder and Bonds Wagner. These guys that are just not great, and they, they light you up, and you lose. And it was really, really bad. A horrible loss for Team USA basketball. Then what do you do? You go play in the third medal, the, the bronze game, against Canada. You lose that one as well. Get these coaches... Far, far, far away from, no, not any coaches is what you found, Siri. I can tell you that much. Get these coaches far away. Germany did upset Serbia for the gold medal, by the way, but that's that's the worst World Cup champion in basketball ever, the fact that that Germany team won. So the United States doesn't medal. And this is probably like the United States C team, like D team potentially. Doesn't matter. They were so much more, they had so much more talent than these other teams that they were playing. They made no adjustments. They did not take anybody out that did, like Anthony Edwards was doing good things offensively. He was getting torched defensively. Austin Reeves, who I really liked, and I think he did deserve some minutes. All they did was just switch. The opposing team would switch to get him on the ball handler, and then they would just take him off the dribble like it was nothing. And the United States made zero adjustments. I don't want Steve Kerr anywhere near Team USA basketball moving forward. He sucks. He's horrible. He did not care. Not one adjustment was made the entire event. Uh, get him out of there. I like I like those coaches. I mean, I like some of those NBA guys that are on the bench. Like I like Eric Spoelstra, but get get a. I agree with Bobby Regan. Get a permanent USA basketball coach. Similar like you do in soccer. Like these people have backgrounds, but this one person needs to be the head coach of USA basketball. And then that will be that. What's Jay Wright doing? Let Jay Wright be like the permanent full head time head coach on USA basketball. He oversees the, you know, the U-17s, the U-19s, the U-21s, but he also coaches the men's national team. Get him involved. Uh, I would rather have a college coach that's hungry to prove something than these NBA goobers who are using this as just a big old vacation. It is embarrassing to our country to not medal in any basketball event, period. Let alone the World Cup, which is not the soccer version of the World Cup. Right now, in international basketball, the Olympics is still the top event. But next, right next to it is the World Cup. And we just didn't medal. In the sport that we invented, that we're better than every country at, that we should be able to send our D team to and still win with ease. This team was talented enough to win. It probably wasn't my favorite collection of pieces put together, but it was still a solid group. And they got 127 hung on them by Canada 
And what Germany probably did more of the same. I think they put up a hundred and like 113. So in your final two games to Germany and Canada, you're averaging giving up 120 freaking points. The coach has got to go. So it was really embarrassing. I, but the good news was I was the only person in the world interested in this. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I think that includes the, uh, the people on the team too. Like it's pretty clear. I, I feel like the NBA superstars are the most indifferent superstars. Period. Agreed. Agreed. And so, like, getting them to care about anything else is just, yeah. I think there's a few people that care, but, yeah, probably not enough. Get Bobby Portis the hell away from USA Basketball. Uh, like, again, and I think he's somebody that actually cared, but you, you're just not good. Like, we shouldn't have a team where Bobby Portis is getting meaningful minutes. What was the point of even adding Hunter Dickinson to the roster? You never played him at all, and and probably understandably so, but – um, I, I did think that the talent was probably good enough, but you did add some goobers that you probably shouldn't have. A texture says the Bears still suck, TJ. Seems like Kentucky does a little bit too, though. Uh, the Bears definitely stink. I am super pumped up about the Green Bay win. Still am on Tuesday. Pumped for this weekend's game against the Falcons. But I do have to remind myself, Roush, the Bears were the worst team in the NFL last year. Yep, that's true. Hey, remember with them getting all that hype and Justin Fields being a goober, they still are one of the worst teams in the NFL. I shouldn't get too excited. Remember near the end of the NFL season last year when Matt Sack texted in and he said, starting this year, the NFC North runs through the Bears? What a joke. That's hilarious. What a joke. Bad take, uh, Sack. We need to hit our last break, but a texture says, remember, Scoots, you can't complain about bad luck since that means you have good luck. No, you can complain about bad luck. just means you have good luck. If you have no bad luck, then you have no good luck. Whoa. What? Whoa. What if you only have good luck? You don't, It's impossible. You, you either have bad luck uh, and good luck or no luck at all. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm yep. out on this. <laughs> we'll come back one final segment. Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Rouse, Justin Kalen. Back after this. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call. I've never seen you so mental over a girl before. You get a marrier? Garth. Marriage is punishment for shoplifting in some countries. Select the mic smoke. Now I slam it when I'm done and make sure it's broke. When I'm gone, no one gets on. Cause I won't let nobody press up and mess up the scene I set. I like to stand in a crowd and watch the people wonder. Damn, but think about a thing. Welcome back. One final segment. Kentucky roll call here on Big X Sports Radio. Hey, head on over to Shady Rays and check out the promo code Big X for a nice surprise at checkout. Shady Rays has the best polarized sunglasses in all of the world. And they started right here in Kentucky. ShadyRays.com, and they're more than just sunglasses. They've got snow goggles. They've got headwear, really, for any occasion. And shirts, the most comfortable shirts that the Kentucky Roll Call crew has ever put on their bodies came from Shady Rays, uh, built in with SPF to help protect you from the sun. But they're light, they're breathable, they're comfortable. They've got so many great products at ShadyRays.com, perfect for gift-giving. You've got a birthday coming up, an anniversary, and before you know it, Christmas 
holiday season not too terribly far away. Keep Shady Rays in mind when the gift-giving season comes around. ShadyRays.com for 40% off, I think, promo code BIGX at checkout. BIGX at checkout, ShadyRays.com. Roush, we do have an update in the Mel Tucker situation. He, He fired back with a pretty aggressive statement saying completely false allegations. Um, And then you had, coming back after Mel Tucker's statement, was Brenda Tracy uh, released a statement after Mel Tucker's statement. So it's really a he said, she said situation. Um, It's ugly. It's not fun, really, to talk about. Uh, But you had Tracy say that... uh, she would vow to testify. She she wants that all she wants all this to be public as possible. Um, she doesn't think that Mel Tucker would take it to a, a hearing, and she accuses him of trying to cover up and just stall or flat out stop the investigation. So this is messy uh, to yeah. say the absolute least. And again, I, that's why we wanted to say like allegedly yesterday with Mel Tucker, but we did add the caveat that like whether alleged, not alleged, just poor judgment to even get in a relationship with this person, whether or not he took it too far, didn't take it too far, uh, just poor judgment on his part all around. Um, That being said, you do want the truth to come out. It it is uh, an ugly situation any way you splice it. Not great, Bob. And it's only going to get uglier. It's only going to get uglier. Hey, for sure. Go ahead, Scooch. Speaking of ugly situations, did you all see what DraftKings did yesterday? Oh, I yeah. did. Yeah, the DraftKings will always try to do these fun parlays. Anytime you open up your DraftKings app, they're usually at the top. Basically, they they package together parlays so the average better. I mean, it's just a way for them to get more money. Yeah, but yeah. Like the average better could say, you know, I don't really, I'm not good at betting. I don't want to put together my own parlays. And then you'll look at DraftKings, and they'll have the Cincinnati special parlay and it'll be the Reds to win and then the Bengals to cover and then the Bearcats to cover and they'll just make up these like fun little parlays where all you have to do is click on it put five or ten dollars and boom they did all the work for you and if the parlay hits you get all the money how fun is that well they went a little too far with the parlay last night in honor of New York teams since it was 9-11 Scooch, what was the name of the parlay? It was called Never Forget. So that's that's kind of kind of why I wanted to bring this up with you guys because I didn't like they DraftKings came out and released a statement. They removed that parlay bet, saying sorry for being insensitive or whatever. I didn't think it was insensitive. I didn't think there was anything wrong with that. It was. I, am I wrong here? I mean, I don't. I don't get what the big deal was. Basically. Yeah. 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 It's, 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 it's a bad. It's a bad look. Um, we don't need like a parlay to remember the horrible terrorist attacks on 9-11. So was it like, the we'll, title of the parlay was the issue or what? Like, I, cause I mean it probably so. Yeah. If they would have just done like, if the, if the title of that parlay was just New York, New York, or like something, the city that never sleeps, or if they just made it, whatever, if they made it anything else, but it was like New York team specific, then I don't think you have an issue. 
just to call it the never forget parlay is dumb. What if it was called like 9-11 Memoriam instead? Would, would that have been okay? Yeah. No? Let, let, let's keep the murder of 3,000 Americans separate from a sports parlay, right? Like, let's draw the line. Let's let's remember the victims that were murdered in a terrorist attack, and let's just keep that a different thing from a, a sports betting parlay game because it's a game, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I understand. I just I didn't really under, understand the whole outcry yesterday, and I, I mean, could they? Yeah, I mean, I you, would you feel any differently if you lost your entire family in nine eleven, and then you saw DraftKings doing a never forget parlay? I mean, see, for me, it was DraftKings having they had the best of intentions in this. I truly believe that. I don't. I don't think they were trying to offend anybody, and that that's like that's not a mindset. I don't think they had because I didn't have that mindset of well, we already remember. Why do we need a parlay for never forget? You know. So, well, yeah, but, I don't, like what was what the, you said that they had the best of intentions? Yeah. What were their intentions? Be what their was, intentions their were intentions? to profit off of nine eleven. Let him. Let him answer. Oh, no, I mean, I'm I'm clearly wrong. I mean, it's two v one. I just that's why I wanted to get your all's clarification on it because I didn't think there was anything wrong with it. Clearly, there was. It's no, it's not. A, it's not a right or wrong thing. It's your opinion. So if you feel that way about your opinion, that's your opinion. You're entitled to it. But like, I don't think that they were. I don't think that when they made that parlay, they were like, and you know what, we'll remember every single victim with this one. That they they were just trying to make money. They want people to bet that, knowing that like a plus six fifty parlay probably isn't going to hit, and it did, and that they were taking people's money off of the nine eleven tragedy. You know, like that. There maybe they didn't think it was a big deal, but and it really isn't in the grand scheme of things. Like I'm still I'm not I'm not offended by it, but I just think that if you had a family member that was pretty bothered by that, it's just like DraftKings. You don't you didn't need to put that as the name. I, you could have done anything else. I get what you're saying. They're trying to monetize a tragedy. Yeah, my long, favorite long and short of it. Yeah, my favorite part of this is that it's there's definitely a degenerate out there who thought of that and was like, yeah, you got to bet the New York teams on 9/11. I do it every year. I bet there are people that do that every year. Yeah. Did the Mets not win? No, uh, the Mets lost four three, and the Yankees game was postponed. So. Yeah, but they could still pay out the parlay with True. the Yankees game. But the Mets losing, yeah, that that'll do it. Also, and, the parlays, those parlays that are pre-built are for suckers. They right? never hit. They never yeah. hit. Of yeah. course, I mean, yeah, like they're that. they're for suckers. But it is easy just to see it and be like, oh, okay, well, here, boop, five dollars. Oh yeah, but they're they know what they're doing. They're trying yeah. to get your money. They're not trying to give away free money. Uh, texter on the Thornton's text line says, "Ooh, where are we at?" We are at the part that says, what was Quill Saunders' personal foul about? Couldn't tell from Sands, but it was ta- bad timing. Not really sure. Haven't gone back and watched it yet. So, yeah, I'm not not positive. Josh Allen put up all pro numbers yesterday. Three sacks. Suck it, Anthony Richardson. Suck it to the Gators. The, I, I put out a tweet. I was like, hey, this is the only thing Josh Allen hasn't done today to Anthony Richardson, and it was Jordan Wright's interception. And a lot of people had to be like, that's Jordan Wright, not Josh Allen. I'm like, I know. Like The point is Kentucky people giving Anthony Richardson hell. Like I know Josh, Josh Allen's in year five. Did, yeah. It was I – I don't understand. I'm going to say that website sometimes. Uh, what to make of the vocal portion of UK fans who had an absolute meltdown this weekend? There's a St. X alum and a UK grad, SAE, of course, threw a total <laughs> hissy fit on Twitter Saturday saying that he was canceling his trip to South Carolina in November because how bad UK is. People need to take a breath and sack up. 
Who who was I don't know who you're referring to. Do you know who it is, Roush? No idea. Class of ninety nine. That's that's an old guy. Yeah, just, which also you sh- it, you're like forty something. Like, dude, chill out. I just love the idea that like we're not go. You know, we struggled against Eastern Kentucky. Cancel the Columbia trip. I mean, dude, South Carolina is going to lose by a hundred to Georgia this weekend. It's going to be so bad. I'm going to enjoy every second of it. Um, also, TJ, brief update: Tennessee fans. Um, I saw their fanboy media. Uh, West West is already saying, you know what? It's going to be really hard for Joe Milton to live up to Hendon Hooker. And he's like, oh, we see now you're realizing this. So they're getting ahead of the bad play that's that's coming down the pipe. Yeah, that's uh, interesting uh, to see. I hope Tennessee just loses a ton. Um, they haven't. They've only won twice at Florida in like 40 years. I think it's so, totally okay for UK fans to be not happy with the way they performed against Eastern Kentucky. It was a bad game. If you're if you're if if you've saw enough from there to know that it's the the rest of the season is going to be bad, I'm fine with that. Call your shot though, and that sounds like those people that the Texers alluding to are doing that. If you think that the Eastern Kentucky was a sign that this team stinks and is not going to be good, then get out in front of it, and then you could get all the kudos in the world when the season's over. If you're right. But a lot of these people, Roush, Kentucky will beat Akron, they'll beat Vanderbilt, they'll beat Florida, and they'll be right back in line just, you know, slapping butts like all the rest of us. Ah, uh, slapping butts, and we'll just leave it there. <laughs> Feels like Leary is the type of player who needs to see his shot go in, so to speak. Should we be trying to get him some easy completions to start the game so he gets into rhythm easier? Maybe focus on Ray Davis and Tavion Robinson until Leary settles into a groove. Maybe not a bad idea, but I think he'll also clean up some of the early struggles as well. It just, you know, only two games, small sample size so far. He'll, he'll, he'll get it, and he's figured it out in both of them, just taking him a little bit of time. But not a bad idea, Texter, maybe so. Yeah, and I, I think it's not only that, but maybe running the ball a little bit, just a little bit more, because uh, they've been pretty good running the ball. Um, I don't have it pulled up, but I think Ray Davis is averaging over five yards a carry. So, yeah. It's a good average. Indiana Tim here, second Roush. I'll take Lee Greenwood for the next 60 years. Thank you, second Roush. Yeah, that was a bad take, Roush. Everybody needs yeah. Lee Greenwood in their life. Yeah, I'm just like, uh, I, you know, I had it for about 10 years and I'm good. I'm good. What did Lee Greenwood ever do to you, Roush? I don't know. I just, we, he was, I heard that song a thousand times and like, I'm, I'm good on it now. Nick, uh, Drew Diener and Deputy Doofus are crushing you right now about your tweet. Oh, okay. Oh, no. Not those guys. Yeah. Roush, stop with the excuses. Ball State scored three points versus Georgia. What did they score versus Kentucky? 14? Scored twice instead of once? What? I don't. What's your point? Yeah, I thought that Ball State game was actually more like solid news for UK. Uh, you know, yeah, they, they, yeah. they had a very similar game to Georgia that they did Kentucky. Shocker, Georgia's better than Kentucky. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The two-time defending the national champs. Yeah. Big but, it was very, but it was very comparable. Like, you know, it was in the same ballpark. That being said, Eastern Kentucky, what we did to them versus what Cincinnati, not in the same ballpark. So that was a little disappointing. Um, but we're two games in, folks. UK schedule we knew was a joke to start the season. Here's the joke, you know, like this is this is part of it. This is the time to figure the stuff out. 
Uh, John, I mean, we just got to get these texts shorter. Like we're, yeah, we're looking at like eight line text messages. Yeah, we've got to get it much. down to four. And you got two of them in the show today. We love you, John, but like we've got to get these shorter. It's just not fun for people to have to listen to us read an entire novel. Uh, John here. Good morning, everyone. First off, praying for the families and the individuals of the tragedy of 9-11 from a sports perspective this Monday being after a big sports weekend. You already know we call this overreaction Monday. If we overreact, then you will be saying that the Super Bowl is already locked up for the Browns versus Dallas or San Francisco. Nobody's saying what the Super Bowl is after week one, John. You know that. But I say pump the brakes. The Bengals and the Chiefs will bounce back. Also, the Cats did not play that great, but they got the victory. So Akron's coming off a victory in which the score was 24-21, to and ironically enough, they lost their first game with a score of 24-21. to I know that that's a common score in a football game, but I just thought it was a little crazy. Anyways, do you believe that Akron will be the toughest game so far the football Cats have played based on the two games the football Cats have played? Well, got to go talk to you later. Just way too long, John. Uh, I do think Akron's probably going to be the toughest game, but that's not saying much. Yeah, I also, I just, I don't have a take on Akron football yet. They um, have the turnover tire. That's our take. The UK's yep. toughest game will be each one for like the next four weeks. So probably Akron this week, and then it'll be Vanderbilt, then it'll be Florida, uh, and then who's after that? And then it'll probably be whoever that is. Missouri? Yeah. Um, no, Georgia, then Missouri. Yeah, right, right, yeah. right. So um, until the Georgia game. Every game will be tougher till the Georgia game. Hey, guys. After watching Kentucky football team dominate, I'm proud. Go Cats. EKU versus Austin P in Richmond on November 4th might be a hot ticket after this week. Oh, man. The calculator had Trevor's name on it, LMAO. It sure did. It had his oh, name written cute. in like big, funny letters. 33 minutes into the show before we talk about the game. That's the good stuff. Oh, the first Monday after all our whole football weekend, of course, we were going to. Oh, you're lucky we talked NFL for those first 33 minutes. Like, normally we're just talking about farts, yeah, you know, true. or like lot, the lizards or the cats at the studio. A lot will be made of TJ Beiser going to UNC, but being realistic, it's probably not a huge deal. It probably takes a toll being Cal's right hand man for five plus years. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm not in like this is a big deal department. I'm just. Yeah. I don't think losing somebody who kind of became the NIL role by accident. Like, I just don't think it's that huge of a deal. I wish him the best. I think he was great at his job. We'll miss him. Uh, he was just a good person to have around the program. Um, so that stinks from that perspective. But, yeah, I'm not – I just can't have a hot take about Beisner going to UNC. I just can't. I know it's not his job to be a cheerleader, but I get the feeling Kyle Tucker doesn't enjoy covering the program as much as he once did. A bit of John Hale about his coverage lately. Yeah, I mean, but like, has it? It's not been very fun to cover the Kentucky basketball team as of late. And this offseason, um, it should have been kind of fun, but at least they also they make it difficult over there. They do. They, do. Make, they, it, they, they, they make it. They do. I, I, I bet that's probably more of what it is. It's like yeah. Kyle's just so sick of all the the hurdles for trying to it's cover like, a program. Hey, can I talk to X player? Well, yeah, I mean, we we deal with it when we just try to get yeah. any sort of interview. Yeah. Uh, it's a joke. Their process they've got going on there, and I'm sure it takes a toll on Kyle. The commentator still shouldn't have said what he said, but he was directly quoting Ray Davis, at least. Yeah, I saw a lot of this yesterday. I did not know that. Uh, the commentator stuff, let's just do like a hand up. He probably shouldn't have said it, and then move on from it. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like, his, hey, he maybe just a be little mean. better tact. Yeah, he was trying to like shine a light on his story Correct. and just did it in like a bad delivery. Just and bad the delivery. Texer, the text was right. Ray Davis did say that, but like he never said that Ray Davis said that, you know? Like he just, he messed up the way he expressed that opinion. Um, but it's not the end of the world. His heart was in the right place. A texter says, 
A few days after the game, I've come to the conclusion that Saturday was very ugly, but eight or nine wins is still on the table. I think UK is better than Florida and South Carolina, but I think the games will be closer than anticipated before the season started. At least the schedule sets up well to get some momentum moving forward. Just as a heads up in the Stoops era, like, hey, he's probably going to play a lot of teams close. Like a lot of these games that are coming down the pipe for UK, they're probably going to come down to the wire. You're going to want to make sure you got some clean underwear on or maybe double pair of underwear. Stoops plays teams close. He likes having a chance in the fourth quarter, and then boom, he trusts his execution and his discipline more than the opposing team, and that's when he likes to strike. So we're going to get yeah. close games. Uh, I, let's just hope the ball bounces our way in them. Like the people that are like, Devin Leary, is he good? He's averaging 270 yards right now per game. Um, Will Levis completed 15 passes for 102 yards in a win at South Carolina. He completed seven passes for 87 yards in a win against Florida. Now, the difference between the two, Will ended up becoming the best quarterback of the Kentucky era, but he wasn't relied upon to be the best player on the team that year um, at all times. Like that role went to Chris Rodriguez and then probably Wondell Robinson after that, who did a lot of the playmaking for Will. But like, yeah, that that's why I like, uh, some of, there's there's some of the jumping to conclusions. It's just like, well, let's just relax a little. Um, also, how well are people going to remember these games? Um, you know, not even a, like five years from now, but a month from now. Like, how well do people remember the game Kentucky almost lost to Eastern Michigan, where they needed an interception in the end zone? Or, you know, like they're they're. The Chattanooga one's gotten brought up a lot this week, but yeah, they needed a 95-yard pick six to win in Levis's third start. Which is why that, like, you go out against Akron, you look good. We move on from the Eastern Kentucky game instantly. Yep. Like, yep. You know that doesn't it doesn't have to mean anything. A texture says, oh, and I like this. This kind of sums up the bias, yeah, my, yeah. my sentiment on Beisner. A good way to make your passion feel a lot less like a passion is to make it your job. I'm sure that's what happened to TJ Beisner to some extent. I'm sure he still loves Kentucky, but there's more to life than college sports. And Man. thus he's going into like another college sports job. But this is one that he's just, you know, there's like no emotional investment involved. This isn't a dream job for him necessarily. It's a whole new, it's a good opportunity. It's a new opportunity. And he'll be closer to his family. But now it's not like mixing, you know, 25 years of like boyhood fandom with your p profession. Now he just gets to be nil director at UNC and that's all he is, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. And I don't even know if he's officially with the program or if he's with the collective. I don't know what. Yeah, they weren't totally is. detailed with that. I noticed that as well. That like, you know, yeah. um, it, it may be like an outside job from UNC that just works with UNC. But regardless, we're out of time. We do wish him the best and we're excited yeah. for him. Uh, and we'll miss him in Kentucky for sure. But <laughs> it's it's just so funny because I ran into a former media member Saturday who is on the other side of like the line, like drinking a beer. And he's like, you know, it's it's a lot more fun over here. And I'm like, yeah, I bet it is. <laughs> I was drinking a coffee. He's like, I'd be drinking that if I was still doing that job. And it's like, ah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it can be fun getting out of sports for sure. But uh, all right, we'll, we'll, we did a good job making up some ground on the text line. We will definitely finish that bad boy tomorrow. Keep them coming in for the podcast listeners. Thanks, everybody, for a great Tuesday show. We'll be back at it again 7 a.m. tomorrow, Hump Day edition of Kentucky Roll Call. DJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen. We'll see you then.